Welcome to the Mikvah Minute, an Eden Center production with Gabrielle Hodes, an experienced college teacher and intimacy counselor, who will be discussing real-life questions around Mikvah and intimacy while giving tips for improving one's experience. What do you do if you're on vacation when there is no Mikvah? I think the answer will be, it depends who you're talking to. If you were talking to me, that would be a problem because I would not be prepared to jump into the sea or a river or a ma'ayan or a spring. First, look at the fact, let's say you're going on vacation and you need to go to the mikvah. If you needed to go to the mikvah, let's say on the first day that you arrived and there really is no mikvah and there's nothing that you can do, Maybe I would look at seeing, is there any way that you could ask a Shaila and see whether you were able to go earlier in the day that day, even though that's not what we normally do. Is there a hetel to go before you go on your vacation? Would there be any way of manipulating your going at maybe getting a, I, I would say ask a Shaila because sometimes there are ways to actually go to the mikvah slightly earlier, but really in very specific occasions, it's usually to do with whether are you traveling on a vacation by yourself? Are you meeting your husband there afterwards? So there's lots of different sort of details that I'm not going to go into in this podcast, but I would say there's room to ask a question. That's option number one. Option number two also is if someone is taking hormonal birth control, it could be that they will manipulate their pills in a way that they will prevent themselves needing to go to the mikvah while they are away so that they won't end up with that sort of tricky situation. And then there is also another type of pill that puts off getting a period All of these obviously have different side effects and there's advantages and disadvantages to weigh up. I wouldn't recommend someone going on hormonal birth control just for this reason, but if they are on it already, then they might play around with it to help themselves in this situation. But let's say they're going somewhere where there is no mikvah and they've checked it out and there's no mikvah anywhere in a reasonable distance, but they're going to a place where there is an ocean or a river or a spring. So halachically, you can go to the mikvah in the ocean. It's just a little bit more complicated. So first of all, again, you have to check that the person feels comfortable to go into the ocean and feel comfortable to go into the ocean at night because that's when we go to the mikvah. And the, the issues that we want to take into account, first of all, one of the things that we want to make sure that we do is when you go into the mikvah, you want your whole body to go into the water in one go. So you need to make sure that the water is deep enough so that your whole body can go into the mikvah at one time. Another thing, we usually have someone who watches over us when we go into the water. Well, who's going to be doing that job? So if you have a friend with you and they could be that person, great. But it also might be tricky because if it's dark and there is no light, then they might not even be able to see whether you've gone all the way under or not. So that's another challenge. Rav Knoll in his book, The Marriage Covenant, discusses how you could go and either hold your hair with your hand loosely as you go down and then release it once you're deep in the water or you could use some type of loose string or loose net over your head where the water can still access all of your hair and that way you're less concerned about your hair floating up so that might help you with that issue he also talks about the fact if you've traveled away with your husband then you might do the first dip in the water without anyone sort of watching over you and then your husband would be the one to supervise your tefillah the second and third time or however many times you actually go in the water. And then one other thing is obviously you want that a woman who goes into the mikvah, she wants to feel comfortable. That's going to enable her to be able to do the tefillah as what's written in Shulchan Aruch, but b'menuchat nefesh. Going in a beach 
at night where you might not know what else is in the water there with you, where you might be concerned that someone's going to see you, it might not give you such menuchat hanefesh. Again, one of the things you can do is you can wear, according to Rav Knoll, a loose shirt or something like that so that you're not feeling worried, okay, someone might see me. And as long as the water can get to your whole body, you could do something like that. And then one other concern they have is that when you go into the ocean, sometimes your feet sink into the bottom, and then your feet are going to be sort of stuck in the mud at the bottom of the ocean when you're dipping. So he puts a suggestion, going, taking in with you a piece of plastic, a piece of wood, something, and sort of putting that under, so you're sort of almost standing on a platform when you're going into the sea. But I imagine that all of that's quite tricky and a little bit more complicated than it all sounds. So I would say if someone really is stuck in that situation where they haven't managed to, you know, find some other solution and they have to go and there is an ocean and they are prepared to go into the ocean, I would probably say consult with or your Rav to find out exactly how you can go about going into the ocean in order to go to the mikveh in a halachically permissible way. And then regarding nachalim, rivers, streams, and ma'ayanot, it's a little bit more tricky. And again, I would say consult with like a halachic authority. There are rivers, streams, and ma'ayanot that you can go into, but they have to fit certain halachic criteria. And so you really need to know where you're going, how much water there is in the stream, what the source of the water is. So you need to know all of those things. It's not, you shouldn't just assume, oh, there's a natural body of water, I can go in there and that can be my mikveh. You do need to actually know the halachic requirements. So I would say, you know, if you know that's going to happen, just prepare yourself accordingly. And I think most importantly, make sure that you're safe. <laughs> keep keep safe and uh, and don't do anything that's dangerous. An important thing uh, is a pretty important halachic value as well. So I would say take care of that too. Thank you so much. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe.